Welcome to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Good afternoon or good evening. Welcome to the Michael and Chauncey Show. I'm your host, Chauncey Brown. My co-host, co-host is uh, Michael, who's also on the line. <clears throat> we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. We have a great show uh, lined up for you today. We have Dave Williams, Grant Haber, that's going to be coming on. And we're going to be talking about um, security in our nation and the world. Um, and I'd like to welcome <clears throat> to the show my co-host, uh, Michael. How are you this evening, Michael? Excuse me. I'm doing fantastic. I'm uh, I'm actually at the Turning Point event, so this is a great opportunity with our young youth, the Student Action Summit in West Palm Beach, Florida, which happens to be in the district that I'm running in, District 21 in Florida. So it's a great experience. I've already got to talk to Sebastian Gorka and a lot of other folks out here who are uh, supporting young. I mean, these young kids, this is our future. This is why we're doing the radio show, the Michael and Chauncey show. And uh, so it's such an honor. Michael, I'm Michael Blooming Jr. to the to the people who may not know that. And and it's just such an honor to be able to be on the show with you, Chauncey. And uh, we got some great guests on tonight. We're going to be talking about the IED crisis in Afghanistan. We're going to be, we have a couple of subject matter experts. And uh, but first of all, you know, why don't we talk about this impeachment that continues on and in the House? It's an absolute embarrassment. And I mean, I can't. It's un it's unfathomable. I don't even understand what's going on. It's, it's like so surreal, I guess, in a way. It is. It is sad. The Democratic Party has clearly divided the nation. Uh, you can see that the vote went down party lines, which was interesting. Not one Republican digressed, and we had three Democrats vote against the impeachment. Um, it's really a sad day in America when we see that the House has used this impeachment inquiry as a political weapon uh, uh, against Donald Trump since day one. It is sad. It's going to backfire on them. And I hope that it does go to a trial in the Senate so they can expose a lot more of uh, the denial of due process of the president. Uh, and also, uh, there is no facts. There's no basis uh, constitutionally for them to even have articles of impeachment. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, it's a, it's a total sham, it's a circus, and this is what our, our country has come to. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's this level of corruption where, you know what, everybody gets a trophy for our kids, and if you can't win, then you got to cheat. It's just these kind of things are un-American. You know, the American dream is to, you know, sacrifice duty, honor country. You know, I served in the military, as you know, and, and it's just, I mean, these core principles are starting to be uh, aloof from our generation, and the next generation is going to suffer at a consequence unless leaders step up to the plate. You know, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about core beliefs, and on our show on Tuesday, we briefly talked about it. I briefly talked about our weapons going to have to be education. <laughs> right now, the Democratic Party is using the public educational system and higher ed to push their uh, political ideology, which moves away from the Constitution, which moves away from citizenry, which moves away from what it is to be an American. We need to bring those values 
back because, you know, they're not in the schools, okay, civic-minded people, statesmanship. I mean, these things have been omitted. American history, the value of America, and we need to bring those things back. We need to elect people to Congress that understands the value of the Constitution, the value of being an American, and what it takes to protect the sovereignty of this republic. Absolutely. You know, the principles that you're taught um, really in your value system, that goes who's the shape you are as a human being. And now in the case of Adam Schiff and uh, Nancy Pelosi and and Kami and the rest of these people, uh, their value systems are obviously gone astray. They have their own special interests that they're trying to serve, and they're trying to help to bring socialism to the United States of America. And that's something that we cannot allow. You know, when people lose sight of who they are or why they're doing it, that's whenever things start to really fall apart. As you can see right now, the legislative process is not working anymore. And so we, that's why we need change. We need new leaders to step up to the plate. And this is what we have to do. I, I can't agree more. And before we continue, I just want to share with the American people. I was remiss that I forgot in the beginning of the show. Uh, the Michael and Chauncey Show, our vision is to be a pathway of conservative information in order to educate the American people while protecting and preserving the freedoms, liberty, and justice of the Constitution of the United States of America. And that's what Michael and I are here to do, and that's why we try to have guests on um, to try to provide this type of educational framework to the American people because the mainstream media is not going to be talking about these issues that have a direct impact to the American people. They want us to believe in this fake news, this fantasy land of these things that are going on, and it's totally absurd. And I'm blessed to have the opportunity, Mike, to be with you uh, on this show. And I think that we have one of our guests uh, in the studio. Uh, I'm not sure uh, who it might be. Uh, let's see who we have uh, in the studio. Uh, welcome to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Is this Dave or Grant? Uh, Grant's on the line. Uh, how are you, Grant? D- doing well. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having uh, me on your show today. Uh, we, we, it's Absolutely. a blessing to have you. Thank you. One second, Mike. I just want to say. Mike, one second. I just want to say, Grant, uh, thank you very much to your service uh, to the country, and thank you again for wanting to step up again and share information that's important, not only to the American people, but to the world. Go ahead, Mike. I apologize. Oh, no, you're fine. I was just going to say, you know, it's going to be, we're going to be able to have a great conversation tonight and, you know, address the issues and really um, be able to focus on, you know, being able to solve problems. And that's the point of, you know, individuals such as yourself and, uh, and Dave that want to fight to bring the truth to the American people. So that's what we have to do. Hello. Uh, yes, go ahead. Yeah, that, Grant. I guess. Uh, I'm sorry, Dave Williams just chimed in on my line. He's having a problem logging in to the uh, to the call. He called, he... Um, okay, I think he was on the line. He was on the line, I believe, and 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 cut off. So I'm gonna call back into the show if it's okay, Grant, and I can open the line up for him that way. The same anyway, line that I I. Called in it's on the same. Can't get through for some reason. Yes, it's the same number 516-418-5776. Okay, hold on. 
Yeah, as as you know, Grant, this is live radio, so uh, we're on there live right now. So I appreciate that. We'll get that technical uh, miscommunication worked out. But in the meantime, Grant, why don't you talk about you know some of the things you're trying to do and the vision of um, IED crisis? I believe that gentlemen is on hold. Yes, gentlemen, I'm back. Dave says he can just listen, but no one can hear him talk when he calls in on that number that I called in on. Because I have to open the line for him. That's why I asked you, Grant, to have him call back in, and I'll open the line up for him. I saw him here before, and he hung up. So if he wants to participate anyway, in the show. As, as, I, as I was saying, Grant, this is live radio, so I appreciate you being on the show. Um, I'm sure that Dave will call back in, and we'll get immersion to the call. But um, why don't you talk about right now we have a huge problem in Afghanistan and we need to address this. Um, we need to bring our troops back home, but we also need to protect the American people and also our foreign interests. Yes, very good. Um, what we need to understand, our all-volunteer military is the backbone of our nation. They've been fighting a war in two countries for more than 18 years. Hello? The number one, the number one casualty producer are improvised explosive devices. And we need to prioritize collapsing the IED improvised explosive devices, supply chains, so that we can reduce American casualties and we can prevent the prolonging of this war. And Grant, before you continue, I believe that we have Dave uh, in the studio. Uh, I think he was trying to confirm that. Do we have you in the studio, sir? Yes, I believe so. Can you hear me now? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, thank you very much for calling back in. We want to apologize to our audience for the coordination of uh, both of our guests that are trying to get into the show. But we do have Dave Williams and we do have Grant Haber uh, in the show, and we're talking about Afghanistan and we're talking about the security of the world. Uh, Mike, I'll let you continue, Mike. No, I just um, we we're just continuing the conversation about national security and the work of IED crisis and some of the outliners that are really causing concern and uh, really delaying the troops coming home from Afghanistan. Okay, very good. Dave or Grant, either one of you can uh, participate uh, in, in the conversation of your perspective of what Mike just said. All right. Very good. The, uh, one one thing that uh, I noticed uh, following, uh, I was with the FBI laboratory and went to a, quite a few major post blast bombs. Excuse me, just scenes. just for excuse me, just for point of reference uh, for the audience, uh, could just identify who is speaking right now? Is it Dave or Grant? Please, before you oh. speak, please. Okay, very good. This is Dave Williams, retired uh, FBI special agent bomb technician, uh, spent most of my career in the FBI laboratory responding to these major bombing crime scenes. And uh, starting even before Afghanistan was even a, a, a note in the newspaper, we had some major bombings, starting with uh, one of the universities. But more currently, what we look at is uh, most of our bomb technician community is a reactive team rather than proactive 
for example, following the 1993 Trade Center bombing, uh, we looked at how do you prevent these vehicles from coming in there. Of course, that particular IED used urea nitrate. Urea is a common fertilizer. Uh, and then you look at Oklahoma City, uh, ammonium nitrate, fuel oil, and uh, there were a lot of explosives, well over 4,000 pounds, perhaps 5,000. And uh, we weren't ready for it. Actually, one of the uh, major FBI field offices was under construction when Oklahoma City happened. They stopped construction so we could look at countermeasures to prevent the kind of damage that had happened. So these kind of things aren't new, but we don't know what to look for until it happens, and then we react to it with countermeasures, uh, IED countermeasures and detection equipment. Uh, what Grant's got is the ability to look at a material and uh, perhaps identify it before it gets made into an IED or a vehicle bomb. Uh, another good example of that is looking at our border crossings in uh, going into Lebanon when the, uh, these large vehicle bombs came across the border. Uh, they were checked at the border, but they were in large water tankers with explosives, actually the C4, on the bottom of a water tank. And the people at the border just opened the lid and looked inside and said, yep, it's water close it back up and send it through. And in fact, it was about an 8,000 pound IED. Where you need the security is to identify those precursors as they come into the country. Why are they coming in and how are they getting there? And with something as truly idiot proof as what Grant is using is a, a spectacular piece of equipment for that particular application. You know what? That's, grant. that's a really so. Go ahead, Mike. It's okay. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say, you I, know, this this early detection and the proactive measures that must be taken can save a lot of lives. So it's imperative that legislation is written and enacted through the House that that helps to deliver the uh, the the resources to be able to undercover what's happening and and the and follow the ch the chain. Of materials so that we can identify and um, move in to to effectively eradicate the the uh, the threat. What do you think about that, Dave? And what are you doing Absolutely. to help prevent? What are you helping to do through to to help with these preventive measures? I know we've been you've been trying to get the attention of legislators, and I am running for U.S. Congress in Florida, and this is a major emphasis: uh, national security and foreign policy. And also the safety of our um, American troops overseas from from being in harm's way. Well, uh, following Oklahoma City, the big issue was how come there was so much ammonium nitrate out there that was available to the general public? Farmers used by far uh, million billions of tons of ammonium nitrate on their fields every year. So you can't do away with it. Uh, after Oklahoma City, what we physically did, uh, and I say we, I started making phone calls to identify what kind of controls there are at the places that sell ammonium nitrate. And basically, there were none in place. And uh, I did find out that there was some kind of, uh, I want to say a brotherhood, but it was an organization that monitored 
ammonium nitrate through fertilizers. And they said, yeah, we can do something about that. And now when you buy a 50-pound bag of ammonium nitrate in the United States, you have to show your driver's license and you have to placard your vehicle. On the farming recipient end of it, it still gets delivered, dumped in the field, and is available. And not only are there billions of tons of ammonium nitrate used in the United States a year, but there's quite a bit of it that goes missing. People steal it and use it on their fields. Uh, so it, it, it's pretty sticky to figure out what you can do about everyday useful items. Look at, here's a good example. You remember when the IRA was doing all the bombing in England? Major bombings. They were using PETN for a long time. Then they went to ammonium nitrate and fuel oil, the ANFO bombs. So what the British decided to do since you needed a requirement of 33% nitrogen in the ammonium nitrate, they mandatorily knocked down the percentage of ammonium nitrate to 27%, could not make ANFO out of it anymore. What the IRA figured out was that if you mixed it with 5% by weight confectioner sugar, they had a more viable explosive. All that being said, the IRA continued bombing, but you don't hear anything of them any longer. And it's not because of legislation. It's because someone sat down and talked with them. The IRA, the IRA bombers were, it was a commodity. These were talented people. That's how they made their living, making IEDs for the IRA. All of a sudden it stopped. You haven't heard of them for years, perhaps 10 years or so. What caused that to stop? Maybe we ought to look at that in that sort of thing. Education is paramount. If people realize what they're looking at and they're able to identify it, then you're perhaps able to stop it or at least control it. Go ahead. And, and that's, absolute, that's, that's absolutely right, uh, David. But also when you look at the funding that has gone into this crisis, um, the funding has gone down. And the ability for people to be educated and troops to be put in uh, taken out of harm's way is, you know, you're giving the advantage back to the enemy when you when you fail to do those things. Um, you know, obviously, planning, training, and development is critical in the war and the global war on terrorism. Uh, but being able to identify these is, you know, there, it, it takes money to save money, and when you're when you're failing to do that, you're increasing risk. And at what stake is that going to be at? Um, why don't you expand upon that, Grant? Sure, it's an excellent point. Um, in Afghanistan, what's important for people to understand is that ammonium nitrate is banned. It's actually illegal. So if someone's in the possession of ammonium nitrate, it can be seized, and the person in possession of it can be arrested. There's an alternative fertilizer called diammonium phosphate, which is a legal fertilizer that cannot be manufactured into improvised explosive devices. So in Afghanistan, with this presidential decree banning ammonium nitrate, we have the ability to seize the materials that are being used to make bombs, and we have the ability to allow the legal fertilizers that are not being used to make IEDs to flow freely. The latter is vital for trust building with the civilian populace in a country that is agricultural driven. 
when Michael, when you talked about the uh, the training issue, I understand that there were, and Grant would know the numbers better than I would, but millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars were provided to educate, train, and equip Afghanistan soldiers. But that kind of training went to their EOD community. It turned them into bomb technicians and provided them with substantial countermeasure equipment, disruptors, explosive countermeasures, robotics, x-rays, and how to use them. As far as I know, there was no educational program funded to train each soldier or the border crossing guards on how to identify components of IEDs, not not only the uh, explosive mixtures themselves, but what other components are these people using? Well, that's a critical so, point because, you know, you can have, uh, as you we were talking about, normal fertilizer that someone's using – and then, you know, a normal person isn't going to think in that kind of way. But then, you know, as you mentioned, Oklahoma City bombing, there are radical people out here who are thinking to harm people. They do have an agenda, and they want to kill Americans at whatever means or whatever cause that they're, uh, they're, they're supporting. You know, and some of these people act independently, and some of them, as we witnessed on 9-11, they, they were co-conspirators of, of ISIS. And the uh, internet international community that was helping, they weren't cracking down. That's one of the things too. When you, that's what caused after 9/11, when the global war on terrorism started, and we the troops, obviously everybody was, you know, America came together. We wanted to fight this one fight together, and you know, it was bipartisan. Everybody was working together, but they were going out there towards the one common enemy. But the enemy was dispersed, and then what they found is that there was epic failures where in communication and the intelligence community that could have prevented that. And I think that's where some of the things now that we can really tighten up on is, you know, getting information, being able to communicate it. But there's so much chatter out there that it's hard to, you know, put it together. But those are where the cracks happen, and that's where we can have, you know, another, you know, attack on America or overseas. You know, we, and we can't afford to have that happen. So we have to get better, and that's going to take funding and training to do those sorts of things. Absolutely, absolutely. The threat is not over by any means of the imagination. When you look at, at things like the Boston Marathon bombing, that stuff was everyday sort of stuff. It was around the community, fireworks that were sold on the corner stores. It's, it's awareness. We, you know, after 9-11, here's a very good example. Before 9-11, I was a, a bomb technician in the Baltimore Field Division for the FBI, and there were nine bomb squads between Maryland and Delaware, and they would collectively, in a month, 30 days, respond to perhaps 12 to 15 suspect packages. The first week after 9-11, one bomb squad looked at 80 suspect packages a week. It was awareness, and then it dwindled off. Many of the suspect packages they were called to look at had five years of dust on them. It's just general awareness. The people that you're talking about in Congress really don't understand. When I listen to them talk about weapons and they call clips, girls wear clips in their hair. It's a magazine, you know, and the, the, the component parts of different rifles. 
if they can't understand that basic portion of it, how are you going to explain IED countermeasures and detection capabilities? We have to educate our lawmakers before they could perhaps get money out there. Great point. Uh, this is, thank you. Uh, we have Dave Williams and Grant Hebert on the Chauncey and Michael show. Uh, we're talking about the IED crisis, Afghanistan, foreign policy, and how we can work to uh, come together with, with some training and education of the intelligence community and also you know, boots on the ground to bring our troops home but also eradicate the threat. And that's the most important thing of everything. And you know, running for U.S. Congress, it's, you know, I have an obligation to the 700,000 people in the district here in Palm Beach County, District 21, um, once I'm elected. And when I do that, you know, I want to partner in Congress with individuals who want to ensure that our nation's sovereignty and our constitution is upheld. And one of the ways to do that is national defense to ensure that our citizens are protected. As you know, and, and all of our listeners know, in the Middle East, we have, you know, a, there's suicide bombings constantly. And you don't hear about them because people become dis, uh, they become desensitized to it. So they just it becomes a regular day, a part of life, you know, rockets and bombs and um, IEDs going off and all these type of things and uh, rocket RPGs, rocket propell- propelled grenades, all these type of things become, you know, with children, children indoctrinated with hate. And so when that happens, you know, that's when the threat becomes real. And then, you know, you have security lapses and we've increased our security. We have the, op- uh, the Department of Homeland Security now. We're trying, you know, we have border security at the borders. We're trying to reduce these threats. But there's 20 million people in the United States who are here illegal. And now we got states that want to give driver's license to illegals. And Chauncey, why don't you talk about um, that a little bit, and especially because I know it's something that's happening in New Jersey and California and other places. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you again uh, for both of you for the service to your con- our country and giving us some background. Uh, I'm a retired fire captain. Uh, I was at Ground Zero at 9-11, uh, so I understand uh, about bombs. I'm a hazmat tech. Um, but I really appreciate the information that you're sharing uh, with us, uh, the American people, about that. But today, um, you know, the Democrats in New Jersey voted to allow undocumented workers to get driver's license. Uh, you know, at what point in this country are we going to stop compromising our Constitution, the moral integrity of this country? for political expedience, for votes, and for money. Politics is dividing this country. We, the people, have to save it. And it's very sad. I'm very upset today that in New Jersey, this governor, uh, which is New Jersey's a, a blue state, signed in the law that undocumented workers are allowed to have driver's license. Now, it's, it's especially sensitive to me because as an African-American in the history of what African Americans have gone through just to gain the right to vote, just to gain the right to be able to recognize as a human being in this country. And when you want to compromise what this country is founded on and built on for political expedience, for votes, there is a pathway to get to this country, and it's legally. You cannot give that away to people it has to be earned and I'm afraid that the Democrats and the socialist Democrats on the left 
is undermining our Constitution, our democracy, and definitely is eroding the moral fiber of, of this nation. Um, so I'm glad that we're talking about security. Securing our borders is imperative. And, and I find it very disingenuous as well that the left wants to call Donald Trump a racist because he wants to secure our borders when these same people have locks on their doors and lock their doors at night, have fences, have walls around their house. The hypocrisy of the left is beyond the pale. Um, but I just wanted to share that uh, briefly. And thank you for allowing me to, to share uh, a little bit about New Jersey and about the liberal Democrats. Thank you, Michael. So, so Grant, um, when it comes to immigration and, you know, how people are trying to come in, you know, China um, owns a lot of uh, – excuse me, the United States has a lot of debt to China. That's why, you know, President Trump's trying to work out the trade deal because, you know, even our borders and our ports are going to try to be controlled by the Chinese. And that's something that, like me personally, as someone who served this country as a non-commissioned officer, an infantry guy, I cannot imagine how our security – can be put in the hands of another nation controlling our ports. What does that open up for? That opens up opportunities for bomb-making materials and terrorists to get into this country, and we're already having a tough time enough doing that on our own. How are we going to do that when another nation is able to control the security, the, the visual um, ability to have you know, cameras and, and just be able to – they can control the narrative. And how can we fight that? And, you know, obviously when I get into Congress, I'm going to fight that because that's something I don't believe that we should ever do in the history of this country today, tomorrow, and the future ever. I concur. Michael, think about this. If China decided to call in all of their debt to this country, we couldn't possibly afford it with cash, not pallets of cash that would show up in other countries. They'd say, okay, we don't want cash. We'll wipe your debt free if you give us some land. We'll take Alaska. How logical is that? And then what would that do? Well, I agree 100%. You know, Alaska is a gateway. It, it, people don't realize the importance of Alaska. See, this is what's happened in our country. I mean, we're talking about national security, foreign policy. That's why it's important that we have legislators going to Congress who understand these things. We have less veterans in the, who served in the military going to Congress, getting elected, and there's a reason for that because that's part of the corruption that's happening. And when, the, when you look at the school systems, it starts with the kids. When you try to kill Amen. babies before they're born, you try to indoctrinate them in the schools. They're not educated on these things. Then you have people going to Congress like AOC who has zero experience in any kind of manner, whether it's federal government or you know, civics or anything along these lines that would uh, you know, uh, relate to being in U.S. Congress writing legislation. So then you have these people that are ruling on laws, whether it's the federal level in Congress or the state level or locally, which you know, the left and the communists – the socialists have really attacked because these open seats school boards, they've been able to get into there. But it's all leads to back to this conversation with national security and foreign policy, because when someone is able to even have that kind of conversation, well, we'll just take Alaska. People don't understand the history of this country because they're not being taught that in the schools. So then when someone right. says, Oh, we'll just take Alaska. 
They're not understanding that if you give up Alaska, then Russia has a, a, a direct way right into the United States. And do you think Canada – I mean Canada is a strong ally of ours, but do you think that they're really going to stop terrorists and people from launching missiles, long-range missiles into this country to destroy Americans? You're absolutely right. Education in in the the high school and elementary, middle school is critical. And you really take a look at some of the snowflakes that are teaching our kids. That's a travesty in itself. We need to prioritize. I was just going to say what has happened is is the pay so low, people don't want those jobs. So, you know, you have less people that are – so a civic duty, that's why we need school choice. We need parents to educate their own kids, have more school options. These are all things that I'm going to fight for, education reform. But it's really interesting through this conversation how you can see these little dots all lead up to national security and foreign policy. I just That to me is just amazing, and it goes to show you that it's not just the big issues, that you have to focus on these little issues to save America from the attack that we're under because every single day – People are training to kill Americans, and people aren't talking about that. We have a false sense of security in the United States, and if we don't wake up, we're going to have more Boston Marathon bombings. We're going to have more attacks on America, and we're going to have more attacks on American interests overseas. Recently, if you notice, we've had journalists who've been beheaded overseas and kept captive in these rogue nations. Uh, here, uh, I, I just heard today through someone that I knew, pretty reliable source, that ISIS had just bombed the uh, Russian intelligence headquarters building in Moscow. I'm anxious to see how the Russians are going to respond to that ISIS attack. So, Grant, with your level of expertise and what you're trying to do, you know a lot of people in the intelligence community, know a lot of people in the military, you know a lot of high-level officials, and you're trying to raise awareness. And this is the point of this, you know, this, this platform on the Mike Winchauncey Show um, and through my individual platforms, through my podcast, through what Chauncey's doing <laughs> is to raise awareness. And how are we going to be able to break through? Once I get into Congress, we'll have a voice. But outside of that, how do we really break through against the threat, uh, Grant? We need to prioritize. We need to understand what is the number one casualty producer. It's widely known. It's clearly defined. Improvised explosive devices are the leading casualty producer for U.S. and coalition forces post-9-11 in the global war on terrorism. The Department of Defense foremost subject matter experts drilled down on these IEDs to identify the materials, explosive precursors that are being used to make more than 90% of the bombs. What we need to do is understand a few things. One is that IEDs are an enduring threat. They're not going anywhere. Two, we need to understand that if we don't enable indigenous partner nation forces in countries where extremists go to train, learn how to build IEDs, and export that knowledge back to a city near you, we need to understand that we are going to be vulnerable. We need to be right 100% of the time. The extremists need to be right whenever, periodically, to instill fear. 
So if we can focus our energies on being proactive versus being reactive, and we can focus on collapsing the IED supply chains by targeting their bomb-making materials, not only will we cut off their supply chain, but we'll dismantle their support networks. As supplies decrease and support networks decrease, there'll be fewer bombs produced, There'll be fewer attacks. There'll be fewer casualties. And then from there, we start to make America safer at home, and we start to make our allies safer in their respective countries, and we make it harder for the extremist networks to profit and drive fear based on mass-producing roadside bombs, suicide vests, and vehicle bombs. And that's a great point there, Grant. Now, when you talk about the funding, let's talk about the funding source, because um, all these things, you know, as you know, is in the planning phase. And with when the president's getting impeached and, and Congress is spending their time there, they can't focus on these kind of conversations, which is a distraction, which I believe is the whole, uh, the whole game plan of the left. You know, you kind of do something here, you create fear over here, and then on the backside, they're taking care of business and they're planning their next attack. So all these things kind of go together, but we have to wake up as Americans. We really – we have to hold people accountable. And how do Americans – people are listening to the show. They're, they're, they're tired of our troops coming back, and, and they're dealing with PTSD and, and traumatic brain injuries, and, and they're being attacked overseas. They're kind of targets. They're open targets. And, you know, we do have digital uh, means that we can help to, to fight this, um, such as drones, and, and uh, we have intelligence and the intelligence community that we're gathering this information. But some of it may be outdated. Some of it may not be good information. And some of, you know, things change. You know, it's like the fog of war. Everything's always changing every single day. Um, that's why when we killed Baghdadi, uh, the terrorist ISIS leader, you know, that was the goal of President Donald J. Trump was to do that. And now his goal is to get the troops out of Afghanistan. From a budget perspective, what's the best process and the way that we can do that? I mean, I'm just saying for our listeners' knowledge, obviously you and I are are privy to this information, um, being involved in the work that we're doing. But how can the American people understand from a budget perspective and how they can hold their local politicians and and the national politicians accountable? Excellent, excellent points, excellent questions. What we need to all understand is that for the last 10 years, since it's been clear that we've been in Afghanistan long enough and we need to transition out of the war, we've been providing on average $6 billion, with a B, $6 billion a year to build and sustain Afghan forces' capacity. What we need to understand and what they need to understand so they can go to their local elected officials and say, what is wrong with this lack of common sense? For $60 million, literally 1% of the amount of money that's being pissed away year after year after year with no end in sight, we can train and equip 300,000 Afghan soldiers and police officers to look for and seize and destroy the two materials that are being used to make more than 90% of the bombs. Let me repeat, there are two materials being used to make more than 90% of the bombs, and here we are 18 years into this war, 
Afghan police and Afghan army do not have the training and do not have the detection capabilities to identify those two bomb-making materials that they can proactively seize and destroy before they can be used to harm military police and civilians. We need to be proactive. All we're doing is being reactive, and it doesn't work. I agree 100%. You know, that's something that, as a leader, that I always believe in. Let's, you know how much money is wasted after the fact? You know, if we, if we go ahead and we put the resources in now, after the fact, for years and years and years and generations, the collateral damage that will be saved is going to save an astronomical amount of money. One of the things that I want to really reel in when I'm in Congress is having a nation that's fiscally responsible. We can't just write blank checks and keep you know, pushing the can down the road and expecting somebody else that's going to come up and pay for the, our mistakes. There's a point where somebody has to you know, put their belt on tight and say, you know what, this is a tough decision, but this is what's in the best, uh, the best interest of our nation. And what do you think about that, Chauncey? I apologize. Well, we I missed the question. Oh. Then, and I was just saying, yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, Grant, what do you, I was just saying about that. What did you think about that, Grant? What we need to do is we need to define measures of effectiveness. We know what the number one casualty producer is. We know what the number one cause of Afghan forces attrition that's costing us $2 billion a year. What we need to do is define measures of effectiveness and start tracking performances. How much bomb-making materials was seized this month? How many arrests have been made this month? How many fewer bombs were, were deployed this month? How many fewer casualties resulted this month? If we can define measures of effectiveness, we can start to gauge success versus failure. We've been in 18 years of war with zero measures of effectiveness. One commander, one after the next, after the next, after the next, everything's perfect, everything's right on track. But how do you gauge success versus failure when you do not define measures of effectiveness? That's, that's a great point because how can you – actually facilitate change in process or policy if you're not able adequately to track it or even attempting to track it, which may be difficult to do. We understand that, but you still have to go forth and try to eradicate the problem at hand. And so I think that's one a big issue that we need to focus on as a nation is what are the measures, what are the trackable pieces of outliners to really uh, shape the future? Because that's really what's at stake here. Um, the sovereignty of this nation and our freedom, because our freedom is under attack. People want to Americans. They just can't say it enough. I want people to understand that. People are training right now in Iran to kill us, in North Korea to kill us, in these communist nations. They hate America because – not the people per se, but because a lot of these people are brainwashed. You, know, you put an M6, you put an AK-47 in someone's hand in Iraq or Afghanistan or Iran. And that's what they – that's all they know. That's what they're being trained to do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what they want to do, but that's what they're being trained to do. 
Now, if you're an adult and you're doing those things, that's a whole different story. But some of these, if you're a kid, seven, eight years old, what do you know about foreign policy or, or trying to fight for freedom? You're just a child. You should be playing with, you know, toy cars, not shooting a weapon. Right. Uh, Michael, one of the other things, and President Trump is right on the money with trying to identify the corruption. Just about every one of those countries has so much corruption that when you figure a budget for training and equipment, there's a percentage that's actually written off just to pay and grease the hands. I've seen it firsthand in places like Greece and uh, some of the Mideast countries. There's, corruption is rampant. They expect money from the United States before they will let other things happen. Exactly. Um, these things were, aren't going to be solved overnight. It's going to be a step-by-step process, and we need leaders that want to address this issue. So um, if how can people get more information? How can they connect with you both? How can we continue to fight this? I'm going to continue to carry the torch. Obviously, I'm pro-military, but we also got to do things in the best interest of our country and our troops, and we want to bring our troops home safe. And we also want to keep the American people safe. So at this point in time, all I can do is be an advocate, but once I'm elected into office, it's going to be a whole different story. But we need people to spread the message. We need the people that want to be involved, and we need people to understand the importance of the conversation at hand. How are we able to reach out? How can people get information? Where can they find out the truth? We need to we need to start socializing information. We need to start publicizing a lot of different websites where people can go and have a repository. There's a report that was generated by the Office of Secretary of Defense, and it speaks to the Afghan Security Forces Fund. Charlie Kirk from The Turning Point recently, uh, a couple days ago, published about the four point, I can't remember the exact, but four plus billion dollars that is being advocated in the omnis bill for the Afghan Security Forces Fund. In the report that's generated by the Office of Secretary of Defense, let's keep in mind now, IEDs are the number one casualty producer and one of the greatest obstacles to ending this war. If you look in the OSD report at 2017 and 2018, the amount of money out of five-plus billion dollars a year that was requested for counter-IED equipment and counter-IED training dropped to zero dollars. Let me repeat, zero dollars. In 2016, it was a measly eight million dollars out of a six-point-something billion-dollar budget. So what we need to do is we need to become smarter. We need to have common sense. Um, We're going to create some websites that we post this information. But again, what we're not trying to do is put a black eye in the U.S. Army that has the lead on the counter-IED mission. What we're trying to do is help the Department of Defense, help our commander-in-chief, and help the White House with White House priorities with regard to ending this war without replicating the mistakes that were made in Iraq. So we got to be careful what information we put out there. 
bottom line is there's a lot of great Americans that want to make a difference. There's a lot of military people that want to make a difference. And if our troops are confined to their bases and they're not allowed to get out there where they can go out there and, and, and kill the enemy, and we need to rely on partner nation forces for counterterrorism missions, we have to properly train and equip them to get after the materials that are being used to make the bombs that are killing U.S. forces, NATO forces, partner nation forces, and civilians on a regular basis. I appreciate that. You know, so the mission will definitely continue, and we need to educate people. We need people in Congress who wants to identify this issue and actually fight against it. I mean, these are the things that are very critical to our nation. And the Michael and Chauncey show is trying to get information, real information, out to the American people so they can be educated. Because if not, the fake news is not going to give this information. We have censorship. They want people to think it's all good. But the, the reality is, is that we have a big fight in front of us, and this is an everyday va- battle. And it's not just a battle against socialism and communism. It's a battle against good versus evil. And we have to, we have to overcome. We can't succumb to the enemy. We can't just lay down our weapons, and we, that's why our Second Amendment being attacked is such an important topic. And anybody that's working to take away our rights as Americans and the Second Amendment, our forefathers knew that in 1776 that we can't afford to allow the government to grow to take these, hand, these decisions and this ability into their own hands because that's going to create anarchy, and then our Constitution and our values of America and what we stand for will be at risk. So I thank you so much, Dave and, and Grant, for being on the show. Um, your expertise and your fight is, is documented, and uh, we, I'm going to definitely continue the fight because these are the kind of battles that I want to fight for our country because somebody has to put their hand in the pile, and somebody has to believe in something other than just you know what's right in front of their face. You have to think outside the box. You have to be innovative, and you have to bring ideas with solutions. And I'm not an expert on everything, but the thing that I will do in Congress I want to surround myself with great policy and individuals in the intelligence community that are bringing substance so that we can take these ideas and we can formulate plans to fight them and utilizing the judicial system and whatever means is necessary in order to do so. Absolutely. I wish you the best of luck down there, Michael. Thank you. I yeah, appreciate Michael. that, Dave. Thank you. We got to help good good American veterans that want to make a difference get elected, so they can get in there and have a voice and help to make a difference. There's so much that we can do if we just start doing. There's too much resistance that's hindering our progress, and it's disheartening. But nevertheless, we need to keep rolling our sleeves up. We keep need to keep moving forward and understand that the more that we advocate, the more that we put out the logic and the common sense, the more that we can get done together as a whole. Absolutely. Thank well, you, God Dave. bless America. Thank you both. Thank you, Dave and Grant as well. Uh, very good, Chauncey. Thank, Thank you. you. So that was an interesting, uh, very uh, thick conversation, Chauncey. Um, I'm sure our listeners hopefully got to enjoy that because it was a very high level conversation and it's something that we need to be talking about. Uh, Michael, I want to say thank you very much. You, you were able to get two, uh, you know, uh, expert subject matter, subject matter experts on the show. 
uh, talking about supply, talking about uh, the bombs, talking about how it gets in, how it gets out of the country, what we need to look out for. It was very, very informative, um, and I hope uh, that our listeners would take heed to the advice that uh, these two gentlemen that have given to our country uh, advice. Absolutely. I mean, we got this show is going to be really expanding, and we're going to have a lot of great guests. I'm working on the aviation security um, and having a, a lot of individuals on the show that are experts in, in their fields, and we have so many different areas. I mean, if you think about it, you know, Congress is – they're charged to do so many different things, and, and you look at the impeachment just back to it, and, you know, look at what our president is facing, and it just – these things should not be happening, but they are. That's why we have to educate people. That's why being here at Turning Point USA is so critical, and being around our youth and getting them involved. You know, um, I haven't got a chance to see the movie No Safe Spaces, but I want to see the movie. Um, and so, I, you know, these are the ways that we can educate people. We have to get information out, whether it's in digitally or you know through communication. People have to understand the threats that we're under, and you can't just you know kind of somehow in some ways the wool just gets pulled over people's eyes. And I get it. You know, most people just want to have a better quality of life, and I want to help contribute to that. I know you do as well. Most people want to make sure that their bills are paid and, you know, their their lights are on and, and they have a place to live, which is a huge problem in America. We have a huge homelessness problem. How are we the richest nation in the world? Um, how is our middle class gap? How are we losing our middle class and it's becoming the rich and the poor? How are these things happening? Well, I can tell you how. People aren't paying attention, and when you don't pay attention, you vote on bills, and you allow lawmakers to get into political positions, and they're moving forward. You're not able to control the narrative, and you're putting it into somebody else's hands, trusting that they're going to do the right thing. In reality, that they're deceiving you, it's like a thief in the night. You don't know when they're going to come, but they're coming, and one day they will. You know, I, I couldn't agree more, and you know, you're making me think about the analogy the greatest war that was ever fought on American soil was the Civil War. Today, the greatest war we fight in America is the moral is the moral war. Our religious freedoms, First Amendment rights, Second Amendment rights, Constitution, everything that this country stands for is being threatened by the left. And, and we need to continue to get this message out here, and people must spread the message that in order to save our country and remain a republic, to remain a nation, to protect our freedoms in this democracy, uh, they're not free. Somebody has to pay the price. And as my late father did, may he rest in peace, a Navy veteran, as you did, as other veterans, and of other people that serve this country, uh, you know, they it, it comes at a cost, and we have to protect them, and we cannot afford to give them away for free, and people must earn the right to live in this country. Even though America is the greatest country in the world, we cannot give away those rights. People have died to allow us these freedoms. We must respect those who've come before us, who have died, who have fought the good fight to allow us these rights and freedoms and protect the rights that is granted to us by the Constitution, and we have to stop illegal immigration. We have to stop undocumented workers. We have to save our country. If we don't protect and save our country, then we don't have a country. 
I agree 100%. You know, we have to put America first. We have to invest in our infrastructure. We have to protect our borders. We have to protect our nation. I mean, we have to do that with our allies. We have to work together. We, you know, and we have to decide some of these tough decisions. You know, at what point is being a world police officer, are we causing more harm than good? And, and, and we're making ourselves vulnerable. So these are things that I believe our president, Donald J. Trump, has done a great job of managing and controlling and helping to put us in position. And I think a lot of people on the left don't like that. That's why we're in the position we're in. But with that being said, it's, we're so grateful to our audience on the uh, live with, uh, excuse me, the Michael and Chauncey show. We need to grow, grow our, our viewership. We need the people because we're doing this for the people. Um, we need the people to understand that this information is invaluable, and the guests that are able to get on the show are guests who are you know, knowledgeable about subject matters that we're trying to talk about, our country, politics, community engagement, and we need to move this forward. In order to do so, we got to have patriots who, who unite, and I think where that movement is starting to happen, the impeachment is going to help Americans to come together, but you can contribute to the Michael and Chauncey show at payatron.com. You can also reach out to Chauncey directly. Um, he's on all social media channels. He has conservative talk radio. Um, I'm running for U.S. Congress, so I'm more focused on you know, contributing to my campaign. You can make donations to the uh, Michael Blooming for Congress campaign. You can go on my website. You can donate. You can volunteer. I'm fighting the swamp here in South Florida. And in order for me to take this knowledge, skills, and information that I have and, and this patriotism that I have for America, my love for my fellow men and women, the people of the United States of America and our future generations, this is what I want to fight for. I need the people's support because I'm only an advocate for the people, just like Chauncey's an only advocate um, for himself as a civic leader. Civic leaders, we have an obligation to the community, but we're only strong as the people behind us, and we ask for support in doing so so that we can carry out the mission. You know, this is a calling. This isn't something that, you know, you wake up one day and you say, hey, you know what, I'm going to start a podcast, I'm going to start a radio show. I'm going to help create over 30,000 jobs for veterans in Virginia. I'm going to publish three books and all the things that Chauncey have done. These things are part of your, your plan and your purpose in this world, and my purpose is to serve the American people. I love America. I love this country. I serve this country. I spent three and a half years overseas. I have the knowledge. I have the skills. I have the abilities, and I want to represent the people in District 21, and I need the people to stand behind me. So I'm so grateful for this platform. I'm so thankful for Chauncey to be on the show with me because we are one voice, but together we're a loud voice, a loud voice that can't be drowned out. That's why we have the First Amendment under the Bill of Rights to protect our freedom of speech. Our freedom of speech is under attack. Our Second Amendment is under attack. Every The government is not meant to have control of the American people. It's a document that's, that is made up for the people by the people. That's what the Constitution of the United States is for, and that's what I stand to protect. Now, because of the holidays, we will be off air. Until January 2nd, that's our next show. On our next show, we're going to have Benjamin Irish, who's fighting the communism uh, that's coming to the United States of America through Central America and here through socialism. It's obvious it's a, the clear cut with the Democrats. They want to push socialism. They're open about it in the Democratic debates. We can't afford to have that in this country, so that's going to be a great interview with Benjamin Irish. And we also have Aja Smith, who's running for her second time in California for U.S. Congress, and she wants to talk about Ukraine, which obviously is, is a, a high topic of interest right now, and also how that relates to California and her congressional run. So we're very thankful Michael, for our audience. We're very appreciative for that. Michael, I want to say thank you 
very much for rounding it off. If you want to uh, follow us, the Michael and Chauncey Show is on Facebook. It's also Liberty Today on Twitter. If you want to follow me, it's Right Talk Radio Host on Facebook and Right Talk Host on Twitter. Please join us every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 o'clock where we have real people, real issues, and real talk. We want to thank the American people for joining us. We want to thank our guests, Dave and Grant, for joining us today. God bless America. Happy holidays to you all, and we will see you next year. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Please follow us on Twitter at Liberty Today USA. You can also contribute to the show on Patreon. 